WordPress Gutenberg is on the way and it's got some pretty interesting changes, pretty major changes coming down the pike in fact. So if you are a WordPress user, you're not gonna wanna miss this. Plus, what about email opt-ins? How important are they? And what are some things we can do to make them more effective? We're gonna talk about all this and more on The Rightly Show. It's the program that helps you start and grow a brand-centric online business through the fusion of form and function. This is The Rightly Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas McGee and this is The Rightly Show. So some big changes coming to WordPress with the new WordPress Gutenberg and it says over at wordpress.org, a new publishing experience for WordPress is in the works. Get ready to make your words, pictures, and layout look as good on screen as they do in your imagination without any code. You might've heard of this project. It's called Gutenberg after another invention that revolutionized publishing but are wondering what it means for you. Who will see the biggest difference and what will it change in your everyday workflows? Everyone and everything. The Gutenberg editor uses blocks to create all types of content, replacing a half a dozen inconsistent ways of customizing WordPress, bringing it in line with modern coding standards and aligning with open web initiatives. These coding blocks transform how users, developers, and hosts interact with WordPress to make building rich web content easier and more intuitive, democratizing publishing and work for everyone regardless of technical ability. It's great that so many think WordPress is the best way to get their ideas on the web, and it's easy to unlock the power of WordPress if you know how to write code, but not everyone does, and now you don't need to. So again, this is over at wordpress.org. I'm going to leave a link to this whole article if you'd like to take a look at all the different features that they're currently working into WordPress Gutenberg. You can find that at rightly.show slash 51. Again, that's rightly.show slash 51. So just kind of looking over this, probably the biggest change that you see coming down to WordPress with WordPress Gutenberg is their editor. So if you are a WordPress user, you're probably used to the big, you know, the sidebar off to the right, uh, you know, the main text editor that you do all your editing in and your italics and your bold and your adding of pictures. But they're adding something really interesting, which is these things called blocks. So one of the biggest problems a lot of or limitations a lot of people have when they're working within WordPress is it's really hard to create these full width pages or not so much full width pages, more just getting elements into a WordPress post that go beyond just text and images that are just in line with one another. So they enable you to place a whole wide variety of different types of blocks. So for example, if you wanted to show, let's say you wanted to show two images side by side Uh, and then a wider or a longer image underneath that in kind of a grid format, you can't really do that right now with the WordPress editor. The idea is that you will be able to do it with Gutenberg. So I've been playing around with it a little bit and I like it so far. Uh, I think that it's, it's a lot cleaner. If you're used to how the WordPress customizer works in WordPress, they've made the editor very similar to that. So off to the right hand side, rather than you know, these box panels, you've just got these tabs. It's a little bit hard to describe, uh, but they it's kind of an accordion tab set on the right-hand side of your editor. So again, it's a little bit difficult to describe over audio. But I just recommend you check it out. Uh, you can actually download a beta version of Gutenberg right now. So if you'd like to experiment with it, if you're one of these people that kind of likes to be ahead of the curve with what's happening 
on WordPress, especially if you do use WordPress a lot, which I do, I, I build WordPress websites and all my websites are on WordPress. So I've already been playing around with it myself, but you can go and download it again. I'm going to leave a link to this, uh, to this article where you can download it. You can also find it in the WordPress repository. So what you do is you just go into your WordPress admin, go into plugins and just search the word Gutenberg. It's going to be the first one that shows up. You can install it and you can instantly begin using the editor and playing around with it and getting used to it. One of the things I did notice about the Gutenberg editor is that it actually, it works a lot better for mobile. I don't know if you've ever tried to to edit a WordPress post on like an iPad or an iPhone or some sort of mobile device, but it's not fun. So they've definitely improved that with this new editor. They've they've kind of reimagined the user experience and the user interface for editing via mobile. I don't know how often people do that. I've tried it a couple of times when I'm in a pinch. So I don't know how essential that is, but seeing as how the mobile market share continues to grow, it's probably not a bad thing that you can you can now edit quite a bit more in uh, a mobile environment. So again, just go over to rightly.show slash 51 if you'd like to check out the link to that wordpress.org article. Uh, I highly recommend you do so if you are a user of WordPress. Have a question for the program? Call 844-RIGHTLY to record your question, and we would be happy to consider featuring it in a future episode. That's 844-744-4859 or 844-RIGHTLY. If you would rather write in, feel free to email show at rightlydesigned.com. Okay, so email opt-ins. Email opt-ins, if you're not already familiar with them, are just a method on your website where people can sign up for your email list. So regardless of the type of website that you have, you need an email opt-in form somewhere on your website. So I've talked about this quite a bit in previous episodes and videos and articles and just about everything that I do. And that is, it is essential to be building an email list regardless of the type of business that you're building. And even if you're not building a business at all, even if you've got a nonprofit that you're working with or a hobby that you're working on, or again, like a travel blog or a parenting blog, or even something that you're not ever planning to monetize, an email list is still essential because an email list is that list of subscribers that you own. So if you ever do decide to release something or something changes on your website, Say, for example, that you've got regular readers and you have no intention at any point in time of ever monetizing that. Let's say you change your URL or something like that. You would need you would need a way to let people know where to find you. So building an email list is essential, especially, though, if you are building a business. And the way that we do that is we create something called an opt-in on our website. So if you're already well familiar with the concept of an opt-in, bear with me. I'm going to get to more a little bit, you know, as I, you know, a little bit further on in the episode, but I did want to at least establish for those who are, who are new to the concept or who don't have one yet, uh, can get a little bit of the idea of what an opt-in is and what it's for. So the first thing to remember when it comes to creating an email opt-in is that we have to create something of value. So again, if this is review for you, feel free to fast forward, or if you, uh, or just you know, stick around if you want to hear maybe some different perspectives from somebody who who builds websites for a living and has seen a lot of email opt-ins. But the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure that you deliver value. So we want to create something that we're going to offer to people that's of high value uh, for somebody who's visiting our website. 
Now we're gonna to wanna to place this opt-in form somewhere on our website that's very prominent. Over at Rightly Designed, I've got a big button that says get the free course, which somebody can sign up for a course that teaches people about design and, and building a design and branding centric business. Um, so they've got over that something like that over at Rightly Designed, over at Notable Teams, we've got a course on how to uh, create an effective website. So think about some things that would be effective to the people you're trying to reach. The first, the very first thing you have to determine when you're creating an opt-in for your website is who are you trying to reach and what is the problem you're trying to solve for them. Over at Rightly Designed, I work with small and medium-sized personal and corporate style businesses and I help them build effective brand-based websites. So I've created a course that teaches them the fundamentals of that. Over at Notable Themes, I sell WordPress themes and plugins to independent professionals. Also, you know, pretty much anybody trying to build a brand online, but mainly independent professionals. So what I've done is I've created a course that teaches people the fundamentals of what makes an effective WordPress website, and that is the opt-in. So in both cases, I very, I'm very clear on who my target market is, and I've created resources, free resources, that those people get if they give me their email address, if they enter in their email address, they get those free resources and they continue to get free resources from me uh, from that point forward. Now, you don't have to do an online course. In fact, what most people tend to do is an ebook. So kind of a great way to start, especially if you've already got a blog or content that you've been creating over the course of however many years, just take a compilation of the number of blog posts that you've created over the years and compile them into a really nice nifty little ebook. So this ebook would be something that is a value, but is, as Michael Hyatt likes to say, a quick win. Something that is going to deliver instant value and results for people. Not, this isn't supposed to be fluff. This isn't supposed to be, you know, just, uh, you know, I wouldn't create an ebook that's full of inspirational quotes or something like that. Filler, fluff type content. I would create real value. I, what I like to say is when you are creating your opt-ins for your website, you can start small. It's better to have something than nothing. Um, but when, if at all possible, what you want to do for your opt-in is create an opt-in that's so good, other people would charge for it. So that's the mindset I like to get into when it comes to creating an opt-in because the higher the quality of what you're offering and delivering, A, the more likely they are to actually opt-in and join your website, but B, the more likely they are to, to like you and trust you in the work that you do if you deliver value to them upfront. So that's really key when it comes to this. I can't tell you the number of blogs I see where off on the right-hand sidebar, there's just kind of a generic widget that says, join my newsletter. Like I don't know of anyone who gets up in the morning and thinks, you know what, I really wanna join a newsletter today. You know, I really, there's just, you know what I haven't done yet? I just, I have not subscribed to a newsletter today. So nobody really just wants to subscribe to a newsletter. Now, if you have a specific type of value that you're gonna offer on a weekly, daily, or a monthly basis through a newsletter, that's a different story. Uh, but you have to make sure that that's clear up front. So if you're gonna do, like, you don't even necessarily have to offer an opt-in, you know, some sort of lead magnet as they're called up front. You can deliver something on a weekly basis without ever, actually giving anything initially, as long as there's value involved. So for example, another opt-in we have at Rightly Designed 
is rightlydesigncom slash subscriber where people can just become a subscriber. So who wants to just become a subscriber, right? What's the value in just becoming a, why do we want it? Same type of thing. Why would you want to subscribe to things? Well, the idea at Rightly Designed is that you get uh, this podcast, we do regular videos, we give downloads. I give eBooks and articles and, and new things all the time that are of value to anybody creating and building an online business. But again, what you want to focus on when you're creating your opt-in is the value, the transformation, what it is that you can deliver to people. Uh, and then as much as possible, once you have actually created that opt-in, so you want to put it somewhere prominent, you know, place an opt-in form likely on your front page. If you've got a welcome page, put it towards the top. You can all, if you have a sidebar on your blog, definitely add it to like the top right-hand corner of your blog. And something I've experimented with too, and this has worked really well, uh, you can go to one of my client's websites, Ray Edwards. So go to rayedwards.com and look at the top right-hand corner. He's got a call to action all the time across his entire site uh, that is a link to his primary lead magnet. And I think this is a great idea. I think just about everybody should do it. I'm not currently doing it myself on my sites because my navigation is center aligned and it would throw things off. Uh, mine are very prominent, but I think that for most people, this is a really good practice. So he's got a button that's highlighted in the far right-hand corner of his navigation to his main opt-in. And I think this is a great thing to do. Um, I think in addition as well, once you've kind of established your primary call to action, like I said, for rightly designed notable themes, they do a course. Um, so there's a course that you can enroll in for free, but I think it's a good idea to start building multiple opt-ins across your site as time goes on. So I wouldn't de depend upon one. So the one thing to do is to take your audience and begin splitting it up into, you know, different variations of that. Again, I'll use Rightly Designed as an example. Rightly Designed has individuals who are building an online business, but some people are more interested in, in building a brand-centric online business. They're more interested in the brand portion of it. Some people are more interested in the specific things that I am building. So they're more interested in the design and the development end of it. And there's some who are actually interested in book design and book marketing, which is something I've specialized in for years. So what I have done is I've created separate eBooks for each of these. And so I've actually got a page on my website that lists out, I think it's four or five different eBooks. And for each of those eBooks, you can enter in your first name and email address and get instant access to those for free. This is what I do personally. Now, other things that, uh, some another technique that is pretty popular, especially among people who have a more blog heavy or blog centric website, is they will create different types of offers or lead magnets or opt-ins for different subjects on their site. So for example, maybe you've got a blog and on your blog you do productivity and business and marketing and uh, you know self-improvement or whatever it is that you do. And, uh, and then for each of those categories on your site, you, know, you would create a different opt-in or lead magnet and you would place that at the end of the blog post or in an exit offer as they are called as people are getting ready to leave your site, it would pop up the form to show, you know, to show that offer. So this is a great way to, number one, increase the number of opt-ins that you're getting on a daily basis, especially if you've got a blog that's already getting a lot of traffic. So that's one. Number two, and this is key, this has been really big for me, this is a great way to begin segmenting your list. So you can take a look at your list and start to see as people are subscribing what they're interested in. 
So I can take a look in my email marketing software, which I use ConvertKit, and you can begin to see right away uh, what is the most useful for people, what type of people, or what type of audience that you're building based upon what different individuals are downloading. So this is, again, this is really important. And when it comes down to what type you're creating, this comes down to deciding who your target market is. So I would always start out with one, test out one, and then branch out from there. And some people, again, are wondering what types of things. I wouldn't get stuck too much on the medium. I would start out with an ebook just because it's the quickest, it's the simplest to get something out the door. This is very much a an iterative process, meaning you're going to start out with an opt-in that's not the most amazing. Mine definitely wasn't when I first started out. And then from there, you start to improve it or you create more of them or you go back and you refine them. Uh, I found that I personally like doing video. So video courses seem to be the best way to offer the most value in the shortest amount of time. So I've personally done more video as of late. However, I've seen people do a good job with audio. I've seen that Marie Forleo does a really good job of, she's got a, a podcast episode that she gives away for free, which is packed with value. She does a very good job there. So there's a lot of different options. Again, you've got the course, you can do a single video, you can do an audio, you can do a podcast, an ebook, a PDF, a report. Uh, you can even lock a blog post if you wanna get a little bit more technical. The, the tricky part with offering a specific type of blog post uh, as your opt-in is that there's just kind of a less perceived value in a blog post since blog posts are usually free um, or not free, but not gated in any way. Um, so again, those are some ideas for you, things you can consider. Uh, and then one of the things that you want to do as well, if at all possible, when somebody subscribes, when somebody uh, enters in their email address and gets the thing that you are offering, you do not want to leave them in the dark. It's a good idea to create some sort of drip sequence that follows up with them on a regular basis after they subscribe. So what this means is that when they download, let's say the ebook that you offer, you want to make sure that you continue offering value to them. You want to take this opportunity to get to know this person better. And the way to do that or allow them to get to know you better uh, but the way to do this is to create a drip sequence so that let's say two or three days after they download your initial ebook, they get another email from you. Again, this would be automated. That would tell them a little bit about who you are, the problems that you solve and how you can help them. You can then even offer them another ebook or give them a list of the blog posts that you've written that might be relevant to them. You know, three or four days later, you can send them another email that gives them a list of your top 10 tools that you're using currently uh, to help build and grow your own website or what you think will help them grow theirs. So a nice drip sequence that nurtures people into your, uh, I guess you could say kind of your tribe. And the reason why this is important to do is that if somebody just goes to your website, they fill out the form, they get the ebook, it's still pretty new to you, most likely. So a drip sequence gives you the opportunity to get them used to who you are. So that way, when you send emails in the future, whether that's on a weekly or a monthly basis, or you're doing a launch or something else, they're going to know you a little bit better. The, the likelihood that they are going to open those emails and engage with those emails are going to be much higher. Again, I'll go back to one of the examples I have over at Rightly Designed, which is a course. So I don't actually offer all the videos to that course immediately. Instead, what I do is I trip them out over a series of days, and then there's a number of other free resources and tools 
that are offered along the way. So whatever you can do to build a relationship with those people is going to be key later on. Not only the goal isn't merely to build an email list, the goal is to build an engaged email list that you can continue to offer value to over and over again. Okay, so I know we've kind of covered a lot. Hopefully you found that useful. Uh, as always, uh, feel free to go over to rightly.show slash subscribe. As I mentioned throughout this episode, I'm always offering useful tools, tips, and resources to help you build an online business. And I want to make sure that you never miss a thing. So again, go over to rightly.show slash subscribe. Also, if you'd like to check out the show notes to today's episode, you can find those at rightly.show slash 51. And until next time, go out there and create a brand that is truly rightly designed. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the program. If you found it useful, please take a quick moment to leave us a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or the medium of your choosing.